Testament reading comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In whose, under Eli, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. This is the word of the Lord. We please pray. Lord God, we thank you for calling us by name. We, we know your name because you've written it on us. Uh, we know your name because you've given it to us. You've invited us to use it, to call upon it in every time and every trouble and every circumstance. And so Lord, as we call on you this day, uh, we pray, Lord, the power of your Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to us through your word, that we might listen and act we might know who you are and to know what you want with us. We pray, Lord, now that our words and our meditations would be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, our reading this morning is our First Samuel 3 reading, and it's one of those that truly you can spend a lot of time with, and I would really encourage you, as I have um, with each of these stories worth remembering, I would encourage you, uh, put, a, put a bookmark in your Bible this week. Read this, read this account a couple of times. Read this chapter through, and you're going to find each time something new kind of jumping out at you. There are so many 
there are so many details that are here and so much that God speaks to us through those details. And don't worry, I'm not going to speak all thousand of them this morning. We're going to try to focus on one. Uh, but I just want to encourage you to allow these words to become part of your, uh, part of your faith this week, part of your, uh, your rituals of faith as you continue to grow. Um, because when we do, uh, we start to see how God is active in this. We start to see the voice of God. And that's, that's what I want you to, to walk away with today, really simply. That we as believers are called to hear God's voice, to listen to it, and to act on it. Right? To hear God's voice, to listen to it, and to act on it. And I realize I still have my name tag on from the children's message. Um, now, that seems pretty, pretty obvious, right? Uh, hearing God's word, listening to it, and acting on it. But, but the truth is, we have lots of voices that are speaking to us on a daily basis. Right? Lots of voices. We have, uh, we have voices on social media that are speaking to us. Now, again, we, we, can talk about, uh, we can talk about how social media is this mixture of good and not so good. Right? There are things on social media that are, are, are not so good. Things that we listen to when we, and again, I'm metaphorically listen to, when we, when we see things on social media, we compare our lives with the lives of people that we see there. Right? So we, we start to decide that I'm somehow not, I'm not living a very good life because my life doesn't look like what somebody else posted. Because I'm not doing the cool things that somebody else is, or I don't look like somebody else, or I'm dressed like somebody else. We start to get all of these social media messages and sometimes those are not so good. But sometimes the messages we get on social media are really good. Messages that, that are connections, that are, are places of community. In fact, um, uh, my, my host mother from Venezuela, from the, the year that I was in Venezuela, my host mother connected with me on Facebook after like 20 years or 15 years of not having any contact with her. She found me on Facebook and, and was able to communicate with me after all this time. Some of the things that she's lost, some of the difficulties she has living in her country now, and some of the things that I knew and knew of her. That, that's amazing, right? That's a place where that voice is really good. It's not just the voice of social media that can be good or not so good. It's the voice of regular media. Messages that we get, voices that we hear that can be, can be good and can be not so good. And it's not just media at all, it's in fact real people as well, uh, neighbors, right? People who live around us who are saying by their lifestyle, who are saying by the things uh, that they're doing in your presence that maybe you're, you're not as good, you don't measure up to them. And maybe it's friends, friends whose voices can be good or not so good, right? And, and stick with me for a second here because you have friends who speak to you difficult messages that you need to hear but they speak to you in such a way that you never question their love for you. You never question the relationship and the way that they are, are coming at this because they truly want what's best for you and what's best for your relationships. And then you have friends who are speaking difficult words to you and who aren't coming from a place of relationship and love but are actually trying to tear you down. These are voices that we all hear. These are voices that each one of us encounters on a daily basis. And so my challenge for you, my question for you today is what voice are you not only hearing but listening to? What voice is that voice in the midst of all of these that you are allowing to speak truth into your life, the, the voice that's speaking into your life that's causing you to change who you are and to do things differently because that voice is speaking to you? and to evaluate whether that voice 
is good or not so good? Because there are a lot of voices that are speaking to us. Now, it's not a secret. You know exactly where this sermon is going because what I'm gonna tell you is that God wants to speak into your life. The one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ wants to speak into your life. And so the challenge for us is to be able to discern among all the voices that we hear, what's the voice that I'm willing to silence because I want to hear God's voice. And I not only wanna hear it, but I wanna listen to it. And I want to allow it to transform me in the way that I act. We have two examples of this in 1 Samuel chapter 3. We have an old man who hears God's voice but doesn't listen to it. And we have a young boy who allows God's word not only to be heard but to listen to it and allows God's word to be the thing that causes him to act. It's the story of Eli and Samuel. The first one, and I want to contrast these two, the first one that we're going to deal with is Eli. Eli is the old man who hears God's voice but doesn't listen to it. Now, understand that Eli is a priest for Israel. In fact, he's the high priest for Israel. He is the one who ministers in the tabernacle of God where the Holy of Holies is. He ministers to the people of God doing those things that God would have done in his midst. Now, important distinction, just bear with me for a second, prophet and priest, right, because Samuel then is declared to be a prophet. What's the difference? A priest acts on behalf of the people toward God, right? So acts on behalf of the people, doing things on their behalf like sacrifices, speaking prayers, acts on behalf of the people toward God. A prophet speaks for God to the people, all right? So an easy way for you to understand this, a priest stands like this. A prophet stands like this. Eli is the priest of God, the high priest of the people of Israel. Now, understand the context in which Eli is living. Eli is living in the time of the judges. And if you remember the time of the judges from the book of Judges from this period of Israel's history, it's not a very pleasant time. In fact, if you remember nothing else from Judges other than the names like Samson and Deborah, you probably remember this Bible verse. The very last verse of the book of Judges, it says this, in those days Israel had no king everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Sounds like a fun time, doesn't it? Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. There was no moral leader for them. There was no person to tell them this is what God says and this is the right way to do it. And so everybody just did whatever they felt like doing. And Eli personifies his time. Remember, he's the high priest, but he personifies his time. He does exactly what everybody else does. Eli lives among them as the high priest who simply goes through the motions but doesn't believe what's behind them. We might say that Eli is the kind of person who knows of God but doesn't know God. He has no relationship with him, and so he does the things that God tells him he's supposed to do, and he does it simply as a job, and he doesn't do the things which he is supposed to do, which he would do if he had a relationship with God. And as evidence of this are his two sons. Their names are Hophni and Phinehas, and Hophni and Phinehas are twice as bad as their father. So at the time, the priests are supposed to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people toward God, and so they come and bring the best portions that they have. Well, Hophni and Phinehas start to extort the people because they want to get the best portions of the sacrifices. It's right for the priests to eat the sacrifices. They're allowed to do that in the scriptures, but not the way that they do. They say to them, now bring me the best part first, and they eat this before it's offered to the Lord. 
And we might say, no big deal, except that God has expressly told them not to do this. And Eli is party to it. And because of that, God says, look, you are supposed to be calling out this sin, and because you aren't, because you aren't doing these things, then there will be a curse on your household. This is who Eli is. Eli is, is the one who hears the word of the Lord, but doesn't listen to it. Doesn't believe it has any power. Doesn't believe that it should affect him because he has no relationship with God. And just to fast forward for a second, things don't end well for Eli. His life has a tragic end, which you can read about in the next couple chapters, as the lives of his sons. And God carries out the punishment that he says he will because Eli never turns back. Now, now I want you to think about that question that I asked you. What voice are you listening to? What voice is the voice which speaks most prominently in your life? You see, every believer runs the risk of being like Eli. Every believer runs the risk of, of, of becoming one who, who knows the word of the Lord or hears the word of the Lord but never listens to it, never allows it to, to get inside, to be a part of who they are, to be a part of the fabric of their being, to listen to that word so that they can truly express it in the way that they live. We have a danger of just going through the motions. In fact, the book of Revelation speaks about this. It warns those who are lukewarm Christians. Those who are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, and what Jesus says in that is, behold, I will spit you out of my mouth. What voice are you listening to? What, what voice are you hearing in your life? Eli heard nothing. But Samuel heard the voice of the Lord. And so now let's, let's focus on Samuel for a minute. And Samuel has a remarkable story, right? And Samuel, you might even understand, you might even remember some of this. Anyone know this is a silver star question for this morning? Who is Samuel's mother? Somebody said it. Hannah, right? All right, Hannah, you get the silver star. Maybe that should have been the gold star question for today. The, the, gold, the, the gold star question for today is, who is his father? The first service, somebody went, Psh. That's like, these are fictitious stars. I'm not actually giving out stars. So Elkanah is dad, all right? Elkanah is dad. But Hannah, Hannah is barren. She's a wonderful woman of faith. And she prays to the Lord pretty much all her life that she would have a child. And she, she kind of vows to God, if you do, then I will pledge that child to you. And that's exactly what she does. That Lord takes away her disgrace, takes away her barrenness, which again is something that's going on in the Old Testament. It's another sermon for another time. And he gives her a child. The answer to her prayer, the answer to her prayer is a son named Samuel. And so she does something that's like unthinkable for those of us who are parents. She dedicates this child to the service of the Lord for the rest of his life. That means after the child's weaned, so sometime around five years old, she takes the child to the tabernacle where Eli lives and she gives her son to Eli and says, I now dedicate my child to the Lord for his service for the rest of his life. Now, it's unthinkable for us, but it's exactly what she had vowed to the Lord, and it's actually what the Lord wanted her to do. He has now been dedicated to the Lord. He has been in the Lord's service since the time that he was a little boy. So he has grown up around the things of the temple. And in fact, when we find Samuel in the story, he is sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant. 
right? He is sleeping in the Holy of Holies. Now, some of you I know are, are, are church kids. Some of you are children of church workers, right? And, and if you're children of church workers, you, you know what it means to like sleep next to the Ark of the Covenant, right? Because those of us who are church workers, this is not only our place of worship, but this is where we, where we work. So we're here a lot, and so our kids are here a lot. So it's not weird to sit in the sanctuary and play a video game. It just kind of becomes second nature. It's the same way for Samuel. It becomes second nature to who he is, that he simply lives next to the Ark of the Covenant of God. And that he understands that something great is happening, but he only learns one thing from Eli, and that's how to go through the motions. He learns what he's, what he's supposed to do in terms of actions, but not who he is as a child of God. And Eli should have trained him, but he doesn't. And so God has to do it. And God takes that responsibility on himself because the word of the Lord is exceedingly rare in those days because no one is proclaiming the word of the Lord because even the high priest has fallen far away. And so the word of the Lord needs to be spoken to the people so that they can be preserved. And God is going to do it through this child that Hannah dedicated, through this child named Samuel. And so one night, as he is asleep by the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord speaks his name, Samuel. And Samuel runs into Eli, and he says, here I am, you called me, right? And you kind of get this picture of sort of a, a jubilant little kid, an obedient kid who is excited about doing this, excited about being in front of Eli, excited about doing whatever comes next. And so in the middle of the night, he goes running in, I'm here, you called me. And then he says, I didn't call you, go back and lay down. So he goes back and lays down, and God calls again, Samuel. And he goes running back in again to Eli. I'm here, you called me. I didn't call you, go back and lay down. Third time, he calls. Samuel goes running in again. I'm here, you called me. No, you didn't. Now again, those of you who are parents, I, I've shared with you before, um, one of the things my kids have grown up with with the lack of compassion in their father is that when they wake up in the middle of the night when I want to be asleep and they come into, they come into our room, I will say to my kids these loving words, of course you can't sleep, you're standing in my room. Right? So now I'm not sleeping either, so go back and lay in your bed so we can both be asleep. I didn't say I was a good dad. Right? Don't follow this example. But that's kind of what Eli does. Look, go back and lay down. This is none of my business. It's the middle of the night. Nobody called you. Shh. But the third time, he starts to understand that something's happening. If you hear the voice again, answer, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Fourth time, he calls he says, Samuel, Samuel. He calls his name two times. Samuel, Samuel. And that, that should conjure thoughts in your minds of another who was called twice, Moses, Moses. Of another who will be called twice, Saul, Saul. Of God speaking to get the attention of the person that he wants. And understand also, by the way, that verse 10 tells us he doesn't just speak it this time. It says, the Lord came and stood next to him and called him Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He hears the word of the Lord, and he listens to it. And then God tells him that he's going to have to do this incredibly difficult thing and pronounce judgment on Eli. And the rest of the story, he does what he's told to do. He does exactly the way that God wants him to. And then it tells us that the word of the Lord was with him the rest of his life so that God allowed him to be a prophet, one who speaks on God's behalf and one whose words never fell to the ground because they were received by the children of Israel. 
that truly what happens to him in life is remarkable. And Samuel goes on to do amazing things for Israel. In fact, Samuel is the one who appoints and anoints a man named David as king. Right? That guy. Samuel hears the word of the Lord, listens to it, and acts on it. Now, every time we hear a story like this, in fact, every time we hear any story, we imagine ourselves as part of it. And we start, to, we start to question, now, who am I in this? Because the story is calling out to you. The story is an invitation. And there are two voices that are speaking here. And these two voices still speak invitation to you. Both Eli and Samuel. Both speak to you saying, come and be like me. Come and be like Eli. One who goes through the motions, but whose heart is far from the Lord. One who listens to other voices in life, voices that call us in different directions, that invite us to do different things, that invite us to be about different pursuits, that invite us to say, maybe God isn't the one who's most important in my life. And and if that's you, then understand what God wants for anyone in that position. It's that you would confess this to him that you would understand his calling to you, that you would understand that he wants to continually speak to you. He wants to be the first in your life. He wants to be the one that you listen to above all else because he is the one who speaks truth. But there's another invitation, and it's to be like Samuel, to be the one who hears the word of the Lord and who listens to it, who acts on it and who allows that to shape every part of his being. It allows it to be one who says, this is what's most important in my life, even when it's difficult and even when it's unpopular. And I'll tell you which one God wants for you. In fact, the writer to the Hebrews tells us. The writer to the Hebrews says this, this is Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. In many, in various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. You see, God wants to speak to you through his son, Jesus. He wants you not only to hear his words, but to listen to them. Because in Jesus, we hear what God wants from us. We hear of a God who wants us to know him and to know him completely. And more important, we learn that we are known completely by God who knows our sins and redeems them in Jesus. To know that we are known completely by God so that we can understand his love for us. That he speaks your name and that he calls you. And he calls you to do extraordinary things and to be devoted to him every day of your life. It's a challenge to drown out all of those other voices, but it's a challenge that's worth it. Whose voice do you listen to? Whose voice causes you to act? There was an old man who heard God's voice but didn't listen to it. And there was a young boy who heard it and listened to it and acted on it. And let our story be told. There was a people of God who heard the word of the Lord, who listened to it, and who acted on it. For the glory of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.